And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the child was. And seeing the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And entering the house, they found the child with Mary, his mother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. A few nights ago in the night sky appeared what some call the Christmas star, which is the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, the near overlap of these two planets when seen from Earth. Some other Christians using software have hypothesized that the Christmas star was actually the union of Jupiter and Virgo in the constellation of Judah. Whatever the star truly was, it indicated the greatest moment in history when the second person of the Divine Trinity, having taken on our flesh nine months prior, was born of a virgin. The importance of the Incarnation was so important for our salvation and for all of God's creation that even the celestial heavens declared his birth. But isn't it strange? What was obvious for some wise men was completely ignored by everyone else in Judea. What was obvious enough to make them travel 1,000 miles on a 60-day journey through the desert slipped by unnoticed by everyone in the Holy Land. So what is the importance of a star and its importance in Christianity? In paradise, God had provided for all the needs of Adam and Eve. Adam had been given the task of naming all plants and animals and as naming requires knowledge, he had to know what made each plant and animal special, why God had created it, and what it was good or useful for. But with sin, mankind lost this gift of knowledge, and his intellect was greatly dimmed. Also, when you read Genesis, one notes that the further one gets from Adam and Eve, the shorter and shorter the humans lived the sooner and sooner they were met with the punishment of sin, death. Last night, the divine infant was born to deliver us from sin and to take us from eternal darkness to the eternal light. He took on our human nature to redeem us from sin and restore our intellects by faith and our weakened will by hope and charity. And as wise men were led to Christ by a star, so God rose up Mary to be a star for all of humanity. As a precursor to the Incarnation, he first rose up Mary to be the worthy Mother of God. The name Mary has three meanings. In Hebrew, Miriam means sea of bitterness, which refers to Mary being the mother of sorrows, with her seven sorrows. In Aramaic, spoken in the household by the Jews of Jesus' time, Mar means lady or sovereign, as Mary is queen of heaven and earth. Thus we often call Mary Our Lady, Notre Dame, or Madonna. Thirdly, and the point of bringing up Mary's name, is that in Latin, Mary means star. Maris Stella is translated as star of the sea. The star of the sea is the polar star towards which the mariner's needle always pointed. 
By it, captains navigated on the sea and could discern their direction and their course. Ship captains had always looked to the North Star to avoid the shipwrecks which are so usual in sailing the waters of this world. Mary is like a star because for just as sailors are directed to port by the star of the sea, also Christians are guided by Mary to glory. And Mary also symbolizes the Christmas star as we pray in the litany of Loretto in addressing Mary as the morning star. St. John Henry Newman said, It is Mary's prerogative to be the morning star, which heralds in the sun. She does not shine for herself or from herself, but she is the reflection of her and our Redeemer, and she glorifies him. When she appears in the darkness, we know that he is close at hand. Before Mary, humanity was plunged in all the evils of sin with its darkness and death. But Mary's coming brought hope. It brought direction. It brought navigation to Christ who would come to save the world. Our words on Mary do not take away the least from the birth of our Lord today. It is precisely because of his birth that he worked such great marvels for his Immaculate Mother so that she would be the star that leads us to him. She points to him as she was the first redeemed in his grace. Now why was Christ born in the darkness of the night? When immersed in the darkness for long periods of time, the human eye can slowly adjust to see dim light that can sometimes make just enough things visible. In the Old Testament, some of the prophets and certain privileged others knew of the Incarnation, but most did not. Humanity was plunged in such darkness and sin that there was no light to see. The human mind could not see because there was not enough light to make out the objects. But only Christianity has ever fathomed how God is man and man is God. The Incarnation is not a mystery of darkness, but a mystery of light. The mystery is so full of light that the human mind, plunged in darkness for so long, cannot adjust to the light. St. Francis de Sales gives us this analogy. Just as our unaided eyes cannot look directly into the sun's brilliant light without our having to close them immediately, being momentarily blinded, so in a similar way, our understanding is blinded and darkened by the brilliant light and splendor of the mystery of the Incarnation. Our understanding, the eye of our soul, cannot consider this mystery for any length of time without becoming clouded, humbly confessing that it cannot penetrate it deeply enough to understand how God became incarnate in the virginal womb of the Most Holy Virgin and how she became one like us, how he became one like us to make us like God. Only by God's grace do we come to faith in the Incarnation, grace which comes to succor our minds which have been plunged too long in the darkness by sin. But though our eyes can become blinded by the light of the sun, they cannot be by the moon. Not only is Our Lady symbolized by a star, but 
but also by the moon. From the canticle of canticles in the Old Testament, we hear this praise. Who is she that comes forth as the morning rising, fair as the moon? And in the twelfth chapter of Revelation, we again read, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. Now the moon only reflects the light of the sun, which is more adapted to our vision to gaze at it directly and in itself. Mary, as beautiful and immaculate as she is, is not divine, and so our finite minds can more easily understand her greatness, which comes to her from her divine Son. Surrounding the mystery of the Incarnation, we also gaze upon Mary as the perpetual Virgin Mother, a virgin in her conception of Christ and a virgin in his birth, and yet she is truly his mother. Just as the light of the sun is so powerful and luminous that it shines on other planets and can reflect light to earth, such as the moon, so the incarnation of Christ shines on all humanity, and especially through his virgin mother, to us, so that our lives are given light and meaning, though we are still plunged in the darkness of our world. The newborn infant king and his immaculate mother are our hope. They are our guide. They are our shining light. They will bring us to the port of eternal salvation. Star is not just a fitting name for Mary and how she directs us, but star is also a fitting name for how Mary gave birth to Christ. In his divinity, from all eternity, the second person of the Blessed Trinity was begotten virginally in the bosom of God the Father. He shares in the one divinity of his eternal Father without dividing it or fracturing the divine simplicity. He remains one same God with him. The Most Holy Virgin produced her Son, our Lord, on earth as he is produced by his Father eternally in heaven, that is, virginally. But how did she produce Christ in his humanity? Using the analogy, stars produce their light virginally, that means without contact of another source of light. And in producing their light, there is no detriment to themselves. Mary produced Christ virginally, both without contact with a man and also pure in her producing him without detriment to her virginity. Thus, star is a fitting name for Mary in directing us to Christ, in shining as the dawn of salvation appears, and also star is a fitting name for her in how she is the mother of God, producing him virginally without detriment to her purity. My dear faithful, do not be troubled by these dark times when the prophets of darkness seem to be leading the world. The darker the night, the brighter the stars that guide us. Mary is our mother, and she will never leave us. She is the star of the sea and the morning star that points and lead us to her divine Son. Just as Christ was born in the darkness, only appearing to the humblest of the humble and born in a stable, we must follow the humility of Our Lady, but also with confidence and joy 
that our Heavenly Mother will illumine our intellect and strengthen our will to bring us to the eternal light of her Son. If either the brightness is too bright for our humble minds or the darkness seems to cause us to despair, turn to Mary. No one confronted greater enemies than Our Lady as she crushed the head of the serpent. Today the Herods and Pilots of the world seek to devour Christ and to determine Mass as not essential or how or when or where we can go to Mass and how we can receive the body of Christ. But keep your eyes on Mary. Let her be your star, and she will lead you to the infant King who is the Lord and ruler of the universe. Allow me to close with these beautiful words of St. Bernard of Clairvaux. If the winds of temptation arise, if you are driven upon the rocks of tribulation, look to the star, call upon Mary. If you are tossed upon the waves of pride, of ambition, of envy, of rivalry, look to the star, call on Mary. Should anger or avarice or fleshly desire violently assail the frail vessel of your soul, look at the star, call upon Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.